Hello, everyone. This is Tommy from World at War Comics. Thanks for joining us this week. We have a special guest, Kari Andrews. He is the current writer of Erratic from AWA, but he has done much more. He's been working with Marvel um, for 15 to 20 years. Um, he has worked on Iron Fist. He has worked on Spider-Man. He has worked on The Incredible Hulk. Um, he's currently um, doing the artwork on the insides of um, Amazing Spider-Man 25. Um, so he's an artist, he's a writer, um, and that's just the comic book side of the business. On the on the film side of the business, he has been the director of several TV shows and movies. Um, just uh, an amazing, well-rounded artist. And uh, I really hope that you enjoy this interview. And uh, yeah, let's get right into it. Well, hello, everyone. This is uh, Tommy at World at War Comics. We have uh, Kari Andrews with us today. Here, Kari, how are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Very uh, good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Thanks for joining. Well, let's jump right in. You know, I'm going through your resume, preparing for you to be on today, and it is insane, uh, the resume that you put together. You know, I'm a comic fan, so I know you from comic books with Spider-Man and then obviously Erratic, um, which you just came out with the second portion, the four... Uh, um, four comic series, but uh, had no idea this whole other world that you're part of. It's it's amazing. So, what what passion came first? Was it comic books or was it movies and TV? Well, when I was a kid, um, I didn't really <clears throat> see any difference between any of this stuff, whether it was toys or comics or movies or video games or making models or it was just all the one thing that I loved to do yeah. it was just it was just all one big giant thing. And then it's not till later that the world is like, these are different things and yeah. you have to choose one. And, you know, yeah. maybe you can do that one. Maybe not. I don't know. It was. And then, so I just um, I chose comic books first. Yeah. And then I kind of broke into Marvel. And as soon as I did, I moved out to Vancouver in Canada mm -hmm. and bought a bunch of film gear and started directing and writing short films and then separately built up my film career while I was doing my comic book career and I haven't really had a project that has overlapped yet, but maybe yeah. someday, maybe soon, who knows? We'll see. But uh, yeah. So I jumped back and forth always between comics and, and, and directing or writing and drawing comics and writing mm -hmm. and directing film or TV. So I, I jumped back and forth. That's amazing. Do you have a, a favorite of the two or are they just, they're different and they're equally passionate yeah, about they're totally, yeah, they're totally different. I mean, yeah. I mean, to be honest, you, I, uh, I could, you know, if I, if, yeah, they're just so different. There's so, when I, when I'm directing, I miss comics. And when I'm doing comics, I miss directing. So it's like, yeah, they, yeah. they're so like when you're directing, you're with a hundred people, yeah. you're doing a thing and everything's a compromise and every day is crazy. And you're dealing with all these personalities and the big machine. <laughs> and, and sometimes you just wish you could just do all the things yourself. Yeah. And then when you're doing comic books, you are doing all the things yourself. Yeah. And you kind of miss the big machine and the hundred yeah. people and all the problems. Like it's, it's a, it's definitely a yin and a yang of, of the yeah. creative process. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Well, let's start at the beginning. You said you got your first breakthrough in Marvel. Um, was it a writing or was it art? What, how did you start with Marvel? Yeah, I broke in as a penciler okay. and I broke in, I think my first, I think the issue was Gambit number 13 back in the day. Gambit, I did half yeah. an issue of that book and Charlie Adler did the other half, I believe. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I had, I've always been interested in not just uh, one thing. So when I was learning, training myself how to do comic books, I've, I, um, 
you know, I was interested in penciling, but also inking and also colors and also writing. So I just kind of had been learning all those things at once, but decided to break in as a penciler. Um, And as soon as I did, I started pushing to ink and to color and to write. So within that first year, I think I was already writing. I, cause I knew, I knew just the way comics worked back then. I don't know about anymore, but back then yeah, it was very regimented. It was like, you know, you were either a penciler that wanted to write yeah. or you were an inker that wanted to pencil or, you know, yeah. it was like, it was like <laughs> you're only allowed to do one thing. Yeah. And so I knew if I wanted to do more than one thing, I had to just do it immediately yeah. and just kind of not allow myself to be labeled in any one way right off the bat, right off the get. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty it's smart. Yeah. Because like my favorite um, uh, comic book creators are generally the writer artists from the 80s specifically, or, yeah. you know, Jim Steranko from earlier than that, but it's generally the writer artists. And I think the 80s was a real heyday for that movement. And mm-hmm. then when I broke in, they just didn't exist. Like <laughs> they were wiped off the map. Yeah, know? yeah. Uh, like the, the, it wasn't, it was no longer encouraged, I think. I think that because it was post image boom. Yeah. And I think that the image exodus from Marvel and DC, I think it really uh, freaked those big companies out. I mean, oh, like, for well, sure. we, can't, we can't give these artists that much power anymore because they'll just leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think they they put the the fear in Marvel for a long time, right? And obviously DC was watching everything that was going on. And yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I, I think they put some pretty stringent rules around what you're going to do when you work for Marvel. Yeah. And I don't even know if it was like conscious. I think it just happened. Yeah. And then what's here's, what's funny is that, so then they, so then these companies kind of shifted the power to the writers Yeah, and then the writers did the same thing. Like, you know, it's just like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't win. Right. And uh, you know, I, I don't know if this is your experience though, but you know, you're writing for Marvel and now you're writing for AWA. I'm wondering if uh, I don't know that that transition, right, to be able to be a little bit more creative because at at Marvel, right, you have canon, you have to stay within you know certain confines of whatever you're writing, um, just because there's such a long history of that character. But then to come over to AWA, that must have been as someone like you that's so creative, that must have been pretty refreshing to be able to kind of express maybe you know some artistic abilities that maybe you weren't able to carry out with Marvel. Well, here, here's what I just want to say to that. Here's what's interesting about working with Marvel. I mean, I've, I've, I've been working with DC a little bit the past couple of years, but mostly mm-hmm. just covers. So I don't mm-hmm. have that as much experience. But with Marvel, um, I never really faced any real restrictions or awesome. like hard parameters, or you can't do this and you can't do that. Like I've never, I never really heard any of that stuff. That's great. And you know, I'm still working with Marvel today, and I, I, I still don't, I don't really hear that stuff at all. The AWA was interesting because it was the first time I was able to take part in like a brand new universe. Mm-hmm. Cause at the time AWA was like, I think it was still trying to figure out like, what are we going to be? Like, you know, we know we want to be a artisan led company, like, um, you know, empower the creators, but look, we, we don't really know what we want the company to be defined as. And so mm-hmm. one of the, one of the directions that, that they were interested in very early was their own superhero universe. Mm. And that's what Axel uh, approached me with. Like, would you be interested in kind of creating part of this brand new universe? And, and we don't know, we don't know what that is. Like you can just kind of like throw us some ideas. Cause we, we don't know what that means, but that would, that's what was fun about yeah. ABA was like, it was more like creating 
of new like superhero thing mm-hmm. in a universe that was just emerging. Like I hadn't have not done that yet. You know, I've yeah. I've I've worked on the superheroes, I've like worked on creator own stuff, but I've never taken part of a universe that was getting built like kind of yeah. on, on the ground floor. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So where did uh Oliver come from in erratic? Oh, just uh, whatever. I mean, ev- everything. Yeah. Um, is it based off of anybody or? Not really. It's just, always, no. I mean, things are always based off of things, but yeah, not yeah. really. Yeah. yeah. I, have, I have a friend who is like a musician and she would tell me that uh, when she writes songs, they're about certain people, certain things. Yeah. But it changes. Like, yeah. and it, it sounds strange, yeah. but so you may write a song about whatever this specific mm-hmm. ex-girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Then two years later, you're still singing that same song. And it's no longer about that specific ex-girlfriend. <laughs> it's about someone else. That's, in that's your a life. good and analogy. It's like, yeah. It's like, that's like, that's kind of like how I write. Like I will yeah. often pick names like Oliver and Leaf are the two middle names of my two sons. So I uh-huh. threw them together yeah. and just made a character. And then I'll do that off. I'll, I'll steal names a lot because they come with baggage and mm-hmm. it's not baggage. Like I never really, I've never in my life written someone, some character specifically about some specific person in my life, but often I'll be influenced by like, Oh, this person in my life acts like this sometimes, or this person acts like, acts like that sometimes, or, yeah. or you know, like that, I, I let that seep in quite a lot. I like, I like that quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I could see how that could feed um, how that character is being developed. Yeah. yeah Especially if you're taking from a bunch of different things too, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's very specific. Like I don't, I've like, a sp- <laughs> it's like, but I never read, I, I, it's a trap to try to replicate yeah. a specific person in your life as a yeah. character. Cause it's like, you know, then you won't, you won't want to maybe have them act in certain ways because yeah. you know, if you write a character based off your own mother, yeah <laughs> uh you know you know you're gonna... gonna be sweet and perfect all the time right, <laughs> right, right. yeah <laughs> now you did um bring your wife into a comic though didn't you uh not really i've, I've been I've, I've probably had many characters inspired by my wife yeah uh, she, yeah she's like you know uh i see her every day so. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that would make so sense friendly. but right brenda swanson wasn't she uh based off of your wife I mean, a little, a little, just a little, uh, bit. just a little. Oh, okay. Little Maybe bit. it was exaggerated in the article that I wrote, but yeah, it's one of the, it. one of those overlaps. Yeah. Yeah. Where, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the Kristen in, in erratic, there's a lot of my wife okay. in, that, in that character too. Yeah. Like, uh, so yeah, I just, whoever's in my life, there'll, there'll be some overlap in like sure. all the characters, but n- again, none are spe- very specifically based off of anyone. No, absolutely. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So what's next for erratic? I'm ready for another four part series or an <laughs> ongoing series. What's going on with that Kari? I mean, what, what is the decision-making behind even bringing the four part series that just finished? Yeah. Well, um, who knows? I, I don't, yeah. I, it's, it's always so intangible. Uh, there's both my availability and then there's mm-hmm. the company's own, uh, uh direction they're taking and and both of those things shift all the time so for instance with the first erratic um i was originally going to do that after amazing fantasy for marvel Mm -hmm. but then amazing fantasy was uh uh 
paused when all the pandemic stuff happened. And yeah. so I just jumped on Erratic 1, that first series. And then I jumped back and finished Amazing Fantasy. And then the first Erratic was the very first time my kids were like asking me to do more of anything. So I just was like, <laughs> oh, I got to do more Erratic. So I jumped back and did another kind of season of Erratic, another four, another yeah. arc of Erratic. And then now I'm doing something else. So yeah. who, who know? It's you never know when how things are going to line up or what's next. But you know, I love those characters and I love that world. And uh, yeah, it'd be fun to do more if 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 we ever do more. I'm not I'm not I'm not sure. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm pushing for you to do more Perfect. for sure. I mean, my kids all like it, and you know, it's it's very relatable, right? Because obviously he has the powers that he gets ten minutes every twenty four hours. But outside of that, right? It's very normal daily life that I think a lot of people could relate to. And uh, I think that's probably why it's been successful, right? Is there is that super relatable human side um, to Oliver, but then there's this other side that comes out that brings in the excitement and the, you know, the, the care that he has for the people around him and wanting to save them from whatever situations taking place. Um, and then having that stress of knowing, do I use my power or should I wait a little bit? Because if I use it, it's gone. Right. And I have yeah. to wait another 24 hours. So it's, I don't know. I think the story's great. And I, I think it's super relatable. Yeah. I think the one, the, I mean, the, the first, ben, the first thing I had in mind when I had came up with that, with the 10 minute power cycle was really just like my experience of being very stressed out uh, with old cell phones back in the day. Like, in like I, I have very vivid memories of being in Los Angeles racing from meeting to meeting and then to the airport not knowing the city at all yeah. and not had at the time the cars none of the cars had cell phone chargers and so just that stress of like <laughs> turning off my phone and turning it back on because the battery is like really low and I don't, exactly. I don't know if I'm gonna find the airport before my battery just dies <laughs> like that was a very tangible stress and I've always thought like my favorite superheroes uh have limitations so superman for me is a cool character and i, I loved yeah. him as a kid but yeah for me to write him is like how do you write superman without having kryptonite involved like you know, yeah <laughs> and i i don't know you know so I, I always thought limitations make great characters yeah absolutely. Uh, at least to make them better to write for me creatively mm -hmm. and the 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 benefit that i didn't really think of when i came up with that 10 minute limitation was i think it does ground him a little more than some other characters Sure. because he has to stay normal and vulnerable most of the time mm -hmm. so he's not like clark kent where he could just beat everyone up at any time of the day or even spider-man he, he can yeah. you know he can't just take care of things all the time every time it, yeah. he has to kind of like not be a superhero more than he yeah. is a superhero yeah that's a good point and again like i said it it becomes somewhat relatable because like you said, whether it's a cell phone or other parts of your life, right? I, I think you could relate to only having like a certain amount of time to take care of something, um, especially for those that you love, right? And you want to yeah. take advantage of that when you have that opportunity, but you have to be yeah. careful because it could be gone, right? So yeah. I don't know. I just very enjoyable. And uh, when I read the second part, I'm like, all right, come on, quit teasing us with one one uh four or five part series every two years we got to have this thing ongoing but I, I understand how busy you are just looking at your resume so I, i'm sure there's a lot of things that are, are pretty important on your in your day outside yeah. of what well, i mean it's also the way comics have changed like you yeah. know the the market has changed where you know to do a monthly book mm -hmm. it's like a big financial commitment from a company whereas maybe in the For past sure. it didn't used to be but yeah. these days the way books are sold mm -hmm. you know they're kind of sold 
with the intention of a trade. Yeah. And so yeah. It, that that has changed the whole the whole market. Like like I, it's very it's very strange to like I mean, I'm I'm a lifelong comic books fan. It seems seems like you probably are yourself. Yeah, yeah. It's behind you, but it's very. I remember specifically these feelings of like when I was younger, like comic books are so awesome. They're they're not just for kids. Yeah. Like everyone needs to know these are not just for kids. And then and then now and then now like most comics aren't for kids. And then yeah, like exactly. <laughs> I remember there was a movement at the time many yeah. years ago like. Like graphic novels is the way to legitimize uh, legitimize this industry, and like you know, yeah. we need to be selling these comics in bookstores as collected graphic novels, and <laughs> we can't be selling these floppies every month. And then, yeah. and then, and then now we're kind of here, yeah, uh, where the floppies are kind of just the, you know, the the warm up to the trades. Yeah, and it's it's very it's very str- it's very strange to watch this industry kind of yeah. like weave yeah. and 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 you know evolve over, over time and it's i'm curious to see how what happens next yeah yeah i am too i mean i still go every wednesday and i pick up the comics that i want to read and i spend most of my time these days really focusing on independence not so much the marvel and the dcs although i, I still love marvel and dc and i i have a, a certain amount of comics that i do get but i really love the independence and it's it's because of the storylines they're just so different right i mean i, I love spider-man he's one of my favorite characters um, and you, they, at any given time, there's like five or six different comic books about Spider-Man, right? right? So then it becomes so convoluted and you don't remember if did this take place in Amazing Spider-Man or does this take place in, right? It's, it's because it's such a, a foundation of Marvel, right? I mean, Spider-Man with Marvel is the same thing as Batman with DC, right? And, and so they end up, I mean, I think I read an article, 50% of DC's comics that they have right now are Batman related or Batman yeah. family, right? So they're really leaning in on, on uh, the popularity of Batman, which you can't blame them, right? But yeah. um, again, when I love Batman, but you start reading them and you forget which comic that story was coming from because they have, you know, 15 of them. Yeah. And so you go to like a, an independent and it's a very confined story. Um, and uh, I don't know, I just, I kind of, grown into that a little bit i'm sure i'll go back and just like comic books right even as a fan i'm kind of all over the place and then all of a sudden i'm into graphic novels again and um but yeah i I really love the independent and i love the freedom that independent creators have to really build these new worlds and new scenarios that i think a a marvel and a dc would have a hard time doing um you look at like milkman with uh, image, I mean, I'm not sure they could do something like that very easily at DC without creating a whole new world out of that. Yeah. Right. Well, so. they used to, right? DC used to have Vertigo, and that's exactly, true. yeah, yeah. They used to do that stuff, but then and yeah. I have a feeling that might come back too, just because of how popular some of the indies have become. Yeah, I think the problem with is just um, financial and contractual, because yeah. like, you know, you do an image book. I've done an image book. You just own those. You own your own characters for your whole life. You know, yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. Uh, and then Vertigo used to have, uh, I think it used to have a very uh, good deal for comic books, anyways, mm-hmm. for the for the film and the movie stuff. But then that that kind of got watered down. Uh, the, I mean, part of the problem is when DC was bought by Warner Brothers and Marvel's bought by Disney, they be they became um, part of larger companies. Yeah, yeah. And so that's, you know, that is, I think, uh, something to navigate now where yeah. you didn't have to in the past. Right. You know, right. These were scrappy yeah. companies that were just, they were, they're fighting it out on the stands and it was like fun. And then, 
And then all of a sudden, if you get bought by this parent company with billions of dollars, yeah, maybe you don't have to fight as much. And maybe yeah. there's, maybe you're being given, you know, other tasks than just to make cool comics that people buy in the stands. Like maybe you're, yeah. maybe you're asked to create new characters for movies. It's it's like a ripple effect. It's like, it's, yeah. you never know, you know, like, like when you say, uh, or when I said, um, um, you know, why, why can't people just see the comics are for adults? And then now yeah. again, now they're only for adults unless it's like dog man or whatever. Like there were unintended yeah. <laughs> consequences of every, yeah. of every, of everything. And even like you said, it's hard to follow the Spider-Man on the stands well, part of that is because of the graphic novelization of all the arcs. And so yeah. it's no longer just a title or even three titles mm -hmm. like yeah. ASM Spectacular and whatever else uh, is Web of Spider-Man or whatever else is going yeah. on where you can kind of track three ongoing long form stories. Now it's like compartmentalized like this, yeah. this, 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 and then tie that into like all the uh, the events that have gotten so popular over the past 10 years. Yeah. It's like event. Yeah. Event, event you know yeah yeah I, I think there's a little bit of event fatigue right now too at least yeah. i'm reading yeah. online right it's just everything is just so important and everyone needs to be involved now and you're like but i don't know anything that's happening with spider-man anymore right there's nothing that really ties him to who spider-man was at least when i grew up and maybe that's how it's supposed to be that's not a negative it just things change but i, I do think there's a little bit of event fatigue i mean it's yeah yeah, everyone's got to go to war and die <laughs> almost <Right>. every <laughs> and then they bring them all back and we start the whole process all over again you know yeah no, i think the event i think the events will, will start calming down i, th I think that's that's yeah. kind of what i feel in the in the wind anyway yeah yeah but, you know, things, things so. always change over time there's always this or that you're like it's, it's yeah. interesting to see how the the different like um waves of mm -hmm. of of comic culture kind of like hits the beach you know yeah yeah i almost you know you mentioned uh a second ago about how comics have really become more for adults and i couldn't agree more i mean there's a lot of the comics i like i would never let my little <laughs> little kids read right it's just not appropriate for them um but because it's gone so far to the adult side I feel like there's a whole generation that might be missing out on some of the things that you and I grew up with. Mm -hmm. And you know, what's taking that place it's manga. Mm -hmm. And I do kind of worry that, and I love manga. Don't get me wrong. We, me and my daughter watched all the time, but she has no desire to read a comic book from DC or Marvel because she enjoys manga. And I'm like, oh, I wish they could. And I don't know what the answer is to that. And I don't know if you've experienced this. You said you have two younger boys. Yeah, no, they're, they're experienced very much that too. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I mean, yeah. they still like comic books, but mm -hmm. um, you know, they're 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 pretty little. Like, well, okay. my one boy's eleven, and okay. his little brother's nine, and and they have a little sister who's seven. So, yeah. they will buy like the uh, Miles Spider Man graphic novels yeah. from Scholastic. And my older son, like, he started like blowing through all the Deadpool trades. Like, he just yeah. thought he was so awesome. <laughs> but yeah, they're both into uh, anime and manga right now. Like. Yeah. Um, Blue Lock, the soccer anime, yeah. and they're, they're into that, and, yeah. and Demon, yeah, uh, Demon Slayer, and yeah, Demon know. Slayer, yeah. I actually uh, watched that with my daughter. It's pretty oh, good. Yeah. Chainsaw Man, like all. Chainsaw all, Man. <laughs> but again, when like when I was a kid, I was into like Robotech and like yeah, you know, yeah, that's true. Uh, that's true. It was it was like again, they weren't like 
I didn't think of them as separate things. I just thought yeah. like, you know, yeah, uh, that's true. Think- right. Transformers, Robotech. I mean, yeah. it, it was just, and then I watched GI Joe and then I watched Spider-Man. So it was, you're right. I think back then it wasn't today. It seems like it's more divided. Right. And so you're either for this or you're for that. And I'm, I'm not sure if that's the right thing either. Yeah. I don't know. And like, what do you, what yeah. do you do? And I don't know if that, I think that's culture, like yeah, cult, that's like true. now with back when we were kids, there's like what five TV channels or maybe 12. Yeah. Whatever there was. <laughs> that's I don't a know. good point. Yeah. <laughs> now there's like 30,000 streaming services plus <laughs> the cable plus just, yeah. I mean, podcasts plus everything is so yeah. shattered right now. It's, it's, yeah. it's, in, it's interesting to see what's, we're just like, yeah, find out what's going to, what's going to happen. Yeah. next but yeah. i don't like i don't view it's weird to like i hear a lot about comics pitted against manga yeah yeah but i just think it's probably the wrong way to uh think about it only because uh they're just pretty separate mediums from separate uh cultures yeah so it's kind of it'd be kind of like you know what's better like Br- british or, or sorry european football soccer yeah or american football like it's kind of yeah. like yeah 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 they're both sports but you know they're they're so different like maybe you could compare them financially what but i don't know yeah yeah like a soccer fan that's a that's a whole different thing the world cup and the countries (laughs) and like we just went through that here with my kids they're big soccer players and then you know american football with the super bowl and like those are different things and i don't think it's quite fair to compare either of them yeah but i think there's a there is i do think there's a bit of a panic mm-hmm. because manga is doing so well. Yeah, while yeah. American superhero comic books are are being are not. But yeah. I, to be honest, I I think that's just um, I think it's just the movies. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like when, that's when, true. When we were growing up, it's like the one place to get superhero content was maybe a Saturday morning cartoon show, Spider Man is Amazing Friends, or whatever, superpowers yep. or whatever, yep. and then comics and yeah. comics were where you could get that thing and there's so much power in those comics i remember thinking back then these could make the best movies if only everyone knew (laughs) and then they became the best movies and everyone knew yeah but they didn't lift up the comic books they they suppressed them because it's like that power was just taken and put into another medium yeah yeah and then i think just like event fatigue my feeling is that there's a superhero movie fatigue yeah that is going to go away just like the westerns and when that goes away, that energy is still there. Then yeah. the comic books will ri- will rise up. That's my theory: is that the comic yeah, books, yeah. the American superhero comic books, will rise in popularity again. Yeah. Once, strangely enough, once the films are done with them. Yeah. That's yeah. that's my that's my uh, idea. And then here's what's strange about that is the parent companies of DC and Marvel are the ones that make those big movies. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe they'll even sell off DC and Marvel. I mean, Marvel's been sold off a few many times yeah, uh, yeah. over its history, you know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't, I don't, and it's a very, it's very interesting to watch. Like when you take a step back and just mm-hmm. try to figure out what's going on. I really do yeah. think it's the movies that have created this suppression in, in the comic it's books. true. I mean, you watch Civil War, you don't have to go back to, mark miller and and read anything that he wrote right yeah. I mean, well when i was a kid it was like that's everything's there yeah. now <laughs> i remember i remember when i was in grade um six i think or something like that uh-huh and dark knight had just come out and uh, it was yeah. probably too mature for me to read at the time but i loved it yeah and i remember yeah. i took it to my teacher at school 
I was so excited to show someone, anyone. <laughs> and I think we were just reading that. Oh, I think I was just re- I think I was just like with my friends, we just look at them. And my teacher was interested. And I was like, oh yeah, read them. And yeah. so he started reading them at his desk while reading homework. And I think he he was like blown away and just <laughs> but there was like back then it was like a secret. It was yeah, this secret yeah. power. And like, oh my God, you you have to know, you have to learn about this secret. Like, and yeah. that was, you know, it was something that could come out of it. But now it's like the movies are again, the movies are where the power is, and right. the comic books are kind of like uh something else. But yeah, you know, the secret is no longer a secret. It's like yeah, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> everyone loves uh, uh spider-verse the movies yeah. you know like it's not it's not a secret that it's awesome that's very true very good point yeah no, i agree with that i agree with that yeah and that's where we come back again once um to uh the indie comic scene because right. a lot of those are unknown and yeah. i do think there is a lot of room um for continual comic growth in the indie side of the comics because they normally don't have that kind of presence in in theater and so if you want to know those stories, you got to go buy the book. And yeah, uh, well, and, you, and like the way well. you talk about them, you're talking about them today as if they're secrets, but yeah, they're cool. Yeah, they Super are cool. Like yeah. that's, that is power. That is actual cultural power there. Yep. That is amazing. And then the, here's the other cool, interesting thing is that because of the way the media landscape is where it used to be like, you know, so all these different media companies mm-hmm. and they all started consolidating, buying each other up. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're say Warner Brothers or say your Discovery, mm-hmm. and now you own Warner Brothers and Warner yeah. Brothers now owns DC, like there's no incentive for you to look for these cool indie books with all this cultural power because you're yeah. just trying to like, you know, you're trying to like do your own, you already own the other stuff. It's free, yeah. it's there. It's, you're supposed to be exploiting your, that's why you bought them, right? Yeah. <laughs> but at least it's, it, it, it is actually making the indie books like more interesting yeah because yeah. their power is growing and, yep. the, and the cultural power is growing the secret is growing yeah and then at some point i mean at some point people will figure that out but yeah. for now that i think that is very in a very interesting place where there's a lot of secret power with cool yeah. stories that people don't know about but yeah. they should like that's an interesting space to be yeah couldn't agree with you more couldn't agree with you more well, I want to be super respectful of your time, Kari. Um, what I'd like to maybe offer you is, I don't know if there's something that you're currently working on that you do want to share. We'd love to know what you're currently working on. Uh, well, the Erratic, tri- the second season is coming out in stores, I think in a month. I don't know. I can't remember when. I don't even know when it's coming out. Erratic's done. The The trade. The trade is, yeah. The trade, the trade. Oh, the yeah. trade, yes. I'm sorry. The yes, collection. that is coming. Yeah. yeah. That has not been released yet, but it is coming to the stores and the Amazons around. I think you it's know, the end I, of March. I, I looked that up. So it's the end yeah. of March when it should be dropping. Yeah. Soonish. So look out for that. And then right yeah. now I'm, I'm drawing, um, uh, right now, today, I'm drawing Amazing Spider-Man number 25, mm. where we're kind of like uh, delving into the secrets of, the secrets of the secrets of that world right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's really fun. Like I, they just they just offered me that that thing. I was going to do something else right away, and then they're like, "Oh, before you do that, why don't you? Are you would you be interested in doing this?" And yeah. um, you know, Zeb Zeb Wells is writing it, and uh, I've known Zeb forever. Yeah, he did a Doctor Octopus Year One miniseries many years ago that yeah. I I had uh, a lot of fun with, and Zeb is pretty awesome. So it was really fun to just jump in. And be like, yeah, okay, I'll I'll. I'll trust some Zeb stuff. Sure. Let's yeah. do it. That's awesome. So you're going to do the cover or you're doing the inside? 
in the insides. Oh, they are nice. nice. This is actually the first time I've drawn the insides of Amazing Spider-Man. I've done a, a bunch of covers for that book, but yeah, yeah, this is actually the first time in my in my history at Marvel that I've done the insides of that specific title, which is that's awesome. Fun because I used to, used to be my favorite title. Yeah. Um, you know, in like the in the in definitely in the nineties, the McFarlane yeah, yeah. the McFarlane era. Oh yeah. Once he started drawing, I think he changed the game and I think inspired a lot of artists, right? Oh yeah. 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 No, I did. As you can see, I'm a big fan of McFarlane. Almost all my toys are his <laughs> DC McFarlane toys. Nice. So nice. yeah, my well, wife he also changed, he changed the toy game too. Right? He, oh, he completely turned it upside down. I mean, yeah. I remember just my little GI Joe's growing up and then McFarlane came out with something like, Oh my, you could see wrinkles in the face. I mean, it was yeah. incredible how detailed they were. So certainly he has changed the game and has become yeah. probably the... And at the time, they were huge. Like people weren't making figures. All of a sudden he's got these eight inch or whatever they are. Yeah, you know, the, yeah. Remember the 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 Youngblood... Uh, yes. Ad Rock was just yeah. massive. That case <laughs> was so massive in Toys R Us. Yeah. It was like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So I appreciate it, Kari. Thank you for joining me today. And uh, yeah, I hope we could stay in touch and can't wait to see um, ASM 25, the inside, yeah. Harry's first work on the inside of a, a, of a comic for uh, Marvel. That'd be exciting, man. For, for Amazing Spider-Man, yeah. For Amazing oh, for Spider-Man. Amazing Spider-Man, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. Well, thank you for joining me and uh, take care, my friend. Appreciate right, it. Tommy, thanks. Yeah, you bet.